Well, once again, I want to read this verse out of the book of Proverbs. Because I just want you to keep hearing this. I don't, is that cracking me? Are y'all missing our church chairs yet? People keep sending me messages. When are y'all going to start live streaming again? And I'm thinking as soon as God gives us our building and we can get our cameras out of storage. Amen. Amen. So just keep believing. We're praying, we're sowing, and we're expecting, and we're looking. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 6 says this. The meaning of my words will release within you revelation. Everyone say revelation. revelation. The meaning of my words, words are the vehicle of more than information. Christianity is not a mental exercise. Christianity is a spiritual life. We're not natural people. We're spiritual people. Therefore, listen, everyone paying attention. If we learn to live according to the redemptive realities of Christ, we're no longer bound by natural laws. Amen. That means for you, two plus two don't equal four. It just don't. God can make up years in moments. And he can bestow upon you such favor that you can accomplish in a moment of time what you couldn't do in a lifetime of labor. So the meaning of my words will release within you revelation. And the revelation, of course, then becomes the means by which you reign in life. And God has called you and I to reign, not to be dominated. Amen. So today I want to speak for just a few moments. The title of this morning's message is Never Too Late. And we're going to go to the book of John. John chapter 11, verse 17. It's a story you know so very well. The story of Lazarus. Verse 17 says this. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. F-O-U-R. Then I want to jump down to verse 39, where he was told, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead four days. Of course, the King James Version says, by this time he stinketh. I want to preach to those who have a little bit of funkification on their life this morning. Because all of us have said at one time, something stinketh. Sometimes people say, my job stinketh. I've heard people say, my marriage stinketh. And other people take it all the way to say, my very life itself stinketh. Well, if there's any stench about any part of your life, it's not too late for it to change. The title of this morning's message is simply, Never Too Late. There's no age limit for God's abilities. Something the Lord shared with me years ago is everything that's of the natural diminishes with age. It diminishes with use. The more you drive a car, the more it breaks down. Right. Anything that's of this earth, be it your car, your body, whatever, anything born of earth, the 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 longer it exists, the weaker it becomes. A tree might last 500 years, but eventually the tree's going to die. 
But we got to understand, this is why it's so important. We need to understand we are in the world, but the, the Bible is very clear in the way it says it, not of. Everyone say of. Meaning you're not born of natural things. The born again experience means you are born of heaven. Spiritual things aren't like natural things. Spiritual things, the more you use them, the stronger they get. They don't diminish with age. They increase. The more you walk in love, love doesn't become weaker the more you exercise it. It becomes stronger. The more you use your faith, your faith doesn't, is not like your car. It doesn't break down. The more you use your faith, the stronger your faith gets. That's the reason why if you've been in the church for 50 years, your faith ought to be truly heroic by now. Because the more we use spiritual things, the stronger it becomes. There's no age limit on the ability of God. There's no time limit on God's favor. Y'all with me this morning? No matter, listen to this, no matter how many days have passed, or even if the days have passed into years, it's never too late to be what God ordained for you to be. And you understand, I'm not just preaching to the old folk. Because, listen, I have, in my counseling sessions, I've had people of 30 years old tell me it's too late. You see, and here's why. The world, we've learned to define life just like the ungodly. And the world teaches you if you ain't made it by 22, 25, 28, it's over. And in the, the church, we've adopted that same mindset. And the truth of the matter is, it ain't as long as you've got air in your lungs, it ain't over. And as long as you've got this thing called today, you have an opportunity to do something incredible. Simply incredible. So we need to learn we are not like those who are without God. For the Bible says those who are without God are without hope. But if we have God, then we always have hope, no matter what the circumstances, no matter how many days have passed, no matter how many years have passed, no matter how our body has changed, we have hope that the glory of the latter will be greater than the glory of the former, that that which God is about to do will exceed anything He has done. Because you've heard me say it time and time and time again. God is the only being in all of eternity and all of creation that can do the most outstanding thing that's ever been done. And outdo himself tomorrow. Because there's simply no limit to his capacity. And if he's in us and we have his life, his nature... And his abilities, then it doesn't matter what goes on on the outside because the Bible says it's the inner man. Everyone say inner man. It's the inner man that's renewed day by day. It's never too late. I read a story. This is a true story about an old man who came into the offices of Daisy and T.L. Osborne back in Tulsa. He came into the office in a wheelchair and he had been doing prison ministry. And, and in just the weeks before this meeting, he had led over 100 people to the Lord and God gave him a new idea. He wanted to do something different. So he went to go see T.L. and Daisy Osborne and he said, I, I need some things from you because I have an idea. 
I want to take your films and I want to show them all around the nation. I want people to see the massive crowds, the raising of the dead, the giving of sight to the blind, the deaf being able to hear. I want them to hear your prayers and I want them to hear your voice. And so I need a projector and I need your films. And somebody in the office must have pointed out the obvious and said, how are you going to do this? You're 94 years old. He had a new idea at 94. And when an objection was raised based upon his age, this is what Dr. Osborne said. He said, I can't die. I can't die. There's too much to do and too many people need to hear about Jesus. I can't die. See, you and I need to understand life for the saint is not made up of the years that go by. Life for the saint is made up of purpose for which we were born. It's not about chronology, it's about vision. My people perish when there is no... It doesn't say anything about your age, it says when you have no vision, you're dead. Everyone say, not too late. It's about purpose and not age. Go with me to Psalms 118, verse 24. You know, there's a thing, there's a virus floating around, and I ain't talking about the one you hear on the nightly news. It's a whole other type of virus. I think it's even more deadly. It's called hopelessness. And it's infected the church. But this virus wasn't born of heaven. And the redeemed of the Lord are supposed to resist it, not succumb to it. And when we gather together like this, we have something called herd immunity. Because we encourage one another. And we build up each other's faith. And we declare to one another, it's too early to give up. It's too, it's too early to quit. It's too early to retreat. In fact, when I was meditating on this, this is what the, I heard the Lord say. The weak retreat. But the strong advance, always. I want to say that again. It's the weak that retreat. When we want to retreat from life and we want to retreat from opportunities and we want to go run somewhere and hide and just let the days pass, that's what the weak do. And, bro, we ain't weak. We've got the joy of the Lord on the inside, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. The strong advance, always. So there's no reason to ever be hopeless because it ain't too late. Psalm 118, verse 24, and this won't take me too terribly long this morning. I know I say that every Sunday, and I repent after I lie. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let me ask you a question. What day is the day the Lord made? This day, not tomorrow, this day. So if this is the day that the Lord has made, and we know this because you hear it all the time, if it's written, then our uncertainty is unnecessary. So if this is the day that the Lord has made, this day, not yesterday, and not tomorrow, say this day. This is the day that the Lord has made, so what we are supposed to do is rejoice... And be glad in it. 
See, a lot of us, and listen, you can tell if you've been infected by that virus. Because all you see in your day is a pain and impossibility. You wake up in the morning and instead of being excited by the opportunity of things not yet realized, we're already establishing and setting ourselves up for disappointment. We've been infected. How do we overcome it? We put his word in our heart. We get around other saints, and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm leapfrogging a little bit. It's so important who you hang with. Because if you hang with infected people, you're going to get infected. And I'm talking about you can either be infected by joy, or you can be infected by hopelessness. Others, when their immune system is robust, because they've hid his word in their heart. When they wake up in the morning, they don't envision their day as one of endless impossibilities and heartache and heartbreak. They look at the day and they think, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. They see in their day opportunity. They see in their day potential. It doesn't matter what they feel like because after all, doesn't the Bible say we walk by and not by sight? So if this is the day the Lord has made, and I'm a child of the Lord who made this day, then he made this day for me. So it doesn't really matter what weapons have been arrayed against me. It doesn't matter what she says. It doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter what they say. Never. I'm rambling. I know I'm rambling, but that's okay. There's rabbits everywhere. Never mistake the mentality of the mob with the will of God. Just because everyone says it's over, and even if the fat lady's already sang, if if you've got air in your lungs, it ain't over. And if you've got a dream that's not yet been realized, it ain't over. Because the Bible said it's not with years he'll satisfy you. It's with a long life he will satisfy you and show you his type of salvation and his type of salvation is nothing broken nothing missing everything in its right place you and I've got no reason to be discouraged I once sat with a preacher who because he hadn't accomplished what was in his heart and he had reached that age of 5-0 he told me he said he said pastor it's all over I'm done. I ought to retire. I said, dude, you ought to find that word for me in the Bible. I'd look in the Greek, look in the Hebrew. Find me the word retire in the Bible. It ain't in there. There's no reason to say that because I'm 60, it's over. Because I'm 70, it's over. Because, listen, if we read the Bible, most of our heroes in the Bible didn't do what they did until the latter years of their life. We don't even have time to pursue them all and chase them all down. But you think of any, really the youngest one of them all was Jesus. Everyone else did it later on in life. Some of them didn't even crack the door to heroic efforts until they were 80. It ain't never too late. Is this okay? So we got to get back to this is the day. This 
This is the day. And it doesn't matter if you didn't realize it yesterday, if you didn't walk into it yesterday, if it didn't manifest for you yesterday, it ain't about yesterday. The only thing, the only good thing about yesterday are the songs they used to sing. Motown. But other than that, (laughs) other than that, there ain't nothing good about yesterday because it's gone. This is the day. Listen to this. When that day was this day, it was the day. But it's no longer this day because it's become that day when it slipped away. But you have this day called today. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13 says this. But encourage one another day after day. As long as it is still called I'm going to say that again. Encourage one another day after day. It doesn't matter how many days it takes. I'm amazed. It's not like I'm sitting somewhere and I'm immune to this. I've done the same thing. we, we, We allow our faith to be dictated not by his word, but by a calendar. I mean, I've known people that have received truly amazing prophetic words. And when it didn't come to pass in six months. They thought, well, I thought God said. I thought God said. Well, if God said, then his word is immune to that calendar. Because he'll bring it to pass. All he needs us to do is keep believing like our father Abraham, who day after day, his faith didn't grow weak. It grew stronger. Because, see, we need to understand if it wasn't yesterday, all that means is today I'm one step closer to it. I'm closer today than I was yesterday, so I got more reason to be excited today. Well, Pastor, it's been a decade. I know I ought to be absolutely elated by now because I survived a decade of waiting. That means I'm a decade closer. Not to quitting, but to receiving. Because God is faithful, and if he said it, he'll do it. And he watches over his word to perform it. Mm. So encourage one another. And we need a lot more of that in the church. Because a lot of people seem to think they've been anointed by the Holy Spirit to discourage other people. And I don't find the ministry of discouragement in the scriptures. But there are some people that feel like that that's their job, granted to them by the Holy Ghost, to tell you why you'll never become more than who you are. That you ought to just give it up. But what you ought to do is pick it up. And hold it tight. And never let it go. Because if it's a dream born of God, then you and I need to be like Joshua of old, that when we hit the end of our life, someday, many years from now, We can look back over the years of our life and say, you know, not one word, not a single word that God ever said failed to come to pass. Every vision was manifested. Every dream made a reality. Everything God told me he would do, he did. Now, maybe he didn't do it as quickly as I want. All of us like instantaneous. I like Jiffy Pop. You know what I'm saying? I like instantaneous. We all do. But when it comes to the things of God, God wants us to have that thing called durability, endurance, patience. Then the Bible says in the book of James, if you let patience, everyone say patience. If you let 
patience have its perfect work in you, then you will be perfect, mature, and lacking in nothing. This word encourage, listen to what it means, because this is what we're supposed to do for one another. Is this okay this morning? It means to give support, confidence, or hope to another. To give support, confidence, or hope to another. And that's powerful. But in the Greek, it's even stronger, because in the Greek, it's the word parakleo. And parakleo means to call one by your side. Here's what it means. This is what we're supposed to do when we're together. To call you by my side, put my arm around you and say you're not in this alone. Let's do this thing together. Because together we can accomplish it. Together we can, we can make it happen. Together, When I'm weak, you'll be strong. And when you're strong and I'm weak, we're together. None of us are going to give up because when you need... We're here to encourage one another. And it, it, it literally means, hey, come stand by me because I'm so full of hope. I'm going to infuse you with some hope. I'm going to give you a thousand reasons why you can go get out of the pit and accomplish what God called you to do. As long as today is the day. Is this okay? We need to encourage one another. And then the urging back in Psalm 118 is an invitation to rejoice and therefore be strong. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says this. Do not be grieved. And if you read the words before, for the sake of time I'm not. But it's interesting, you know, if you read the words before, God encourages the people to party. It's what he does. He says, go get the good food, the strong drink, put on some Motown and get down. He's telling the people to rejoice. Why? Because when you're grieved, your strength ebbs away. So he said, don't, 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 don't go to no one's pity party. It ain't time to throw ashes in the air and declare how it'll never be. No, no, no. You want to get around some people that are rejoicing. Around people that are happy in the Lord. Being in, and stop grieving. Why? Because it's the joy of the Lord. That is your strength. And the joy of the Lord was manifested in a group of people who were eating and drinking and being merry. Is this our, you getting this? It's never too late. Now you can be convinced it's too late if you hang with the wrong people. This is why, listen, you don't need to accept every invitation. Can I meddle just a little bit? There are some people you need to just say no to. I love you, but I don't want to hang with you. I love you enough to tell you, you better change your ways. Because all you do is talk doom, despair, and agony. And I never was a fan of hee-haw anyhow. I want to be around somebody who's going to be talking about celebration and breakthrough and what God can do and how it doesn't matter where you come from. It's only important where you're going to. I need to have somebody who will be the helper of my joy. Because all things are possible to him 
And all things are possible to us if we'll simply believe. Now, I know you've heard me say this. I'll say it again. I was preaching along those lines one time, and someone stood up in the back, and they said, Believe what? They so desperately wanted. I said, Believe that all things are possible. It ain't rocket science. All things are possible to them that believe all things are possible. And to believe that all things are possible means you must divorce yourself from the idea that that, whatever that is, is impossible. Because for you and I, the only thing that's truly impossible is for God to lie. That's right. Hallelujah. Glory. That's the only, it's impossible for God to lie. Yes. Apart from that, all things are possible. I can live till the end of my life. I can live until I'm fully satisfied. I can have more than enough to accomplish the journey. I can have more than enough to make other people feel comfortable. That's possible. And it doesn't matter where we were born, to whom we were born, or when we were born. For the joy of the Lord. Listen to this. Joy is increased by spreading it to others. Have y'all ever been around somebody who laughs and you just start laughing? And you don't even know what you're laughing about. There's lots of things in life that are contagious. And this is the reason why you've heard me say it before. Church, you know, church has been accused of being a super spreader event. And it is. At least it ought to be. It ought to be a super spreader event of joy, of hope of love and of light that when we get together we ought to be so infectious that someone who came in despondent and broken they leave walking six feet up off the ground and when their neighbor says what happened to you yesterday you were suicidal and today you're talking about conquering the world he can just say well i got around some crazy people I got around some people that talked possibility rather than impossibility. They spoke about life rather than death. They talked about prosperity rather than poverty. And, and I don't know what happened to me. I didn't even believe it when they were saying it. But the more they said it, the, it just kind of got in. And because it got in, I believe that God can. Because somewhere along the line, the information became revelation. And the revelation will always give birth to manifestation. Everyone say, it ain't too late. It's never too late, not for you and I. Hmm. Psalm 63, verse 7 says this. Listen, to this is what David said of the Lord. You have been my help. See, we all need help. You have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings, I cry for despair. I sing for joy. I want to say it again. I know I already said this, but I wrote it down, so I got to say it here. The weak retreat. The weak give up. And you know, that's all the enemy does. Do you know what temptation is? 
we all think temptation is a temptation to do something that you're not supposed to do. And that's only part of it. Temptation is pressure. It's an external pressure that feels internal, but it's actually external. And it's a pressure to do three things. Give in, give up, get out. That's all it is. Temptation comes to get you to give up. Especially when you've committed yourself to doing what God's called you to do for your life. The temptation comes because it's taking too long. It's, ta- it's too hard. You, you don't have any. And, and I'm going to touch on this next week. I just. But a lot of times we confuse success with applause. And when we're not getting applause, we feel unappreciated. When we feel unappreciated, we think it ain't working. Next week, for those of you who have ever felt unappreciated, I'm going to teach you why that ain't so bad. Because there are certain people, if you're doing the right thing, they will not appreciate what you're doing. And sometimes even the ones you're trying to help won't appreciate your help. So never mistake applause for success. Because there is a group of people, the Bible says the world itself is not worthy of them. And that's a goal. We ought to become so godlike the world itself is not worthy of us. But that's another sermon for next week. And I don't know where I was just a moment ago. So I'll walk back over here to my notes. The, the weak retreat, but the strong always advance. And that's important to understand. Listen, for adversity will never depart. You'll always have adversity because you have an adversary. I want to say that again because that just bubbled up. There will always be adversity because you have an adversary. But the weapons of the adversary cannot work. Because in Christ, you have been positioned in such a place that all he can do is yell and scream. But touch you, he cannot. So because of that, the strong advance always. Go with me to the book of Daniel. I want to read the latter part of Verse 32, chapter 11, the book of Daniel. I've always loved this, what Daniel said. The people who know their God. The people who know their God. I want to say that again. The people who know their God. They will be strong and do exploits. The New American Standard says they will display strength. Display it. They'll showcase it. They'll embody strength. In the face of adversity, they'll embody strength. And when, 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 can I just, can I go ahead and can I cuss in church? Can I say the word hell? Okay, because I just did. When all hell breaks loose, you'll never know they're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Why? Because they keep smiling, they keep singing. They know that they're walking through a valley, not living in it. So what what they're going through never affects who they are. They display strength. And those who know their God will not only display strength, but they'll take preemptive action, heroic action. The King Jimmy says they'll do exploits. I I like that because have you ever have you ever thought about that? In the original, it literally means they'll take heroic steps. They'll do heroic things. But in a modern, the word exploit in a more modern, it means to have unfair advantage. Right? 
You ever, you have any of you ever said, well, I, I just feel exploited. They exploited a loophole. It means they took advantage, and the ones who they took advantage of feel it was unfair. Are you ready for some revelation? Those who know their God, not only do they look strong, but they take unfair advantage of the enemy. They, 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 they take advantage of the opportunities of the day in such a way that the enemy of life feels like he's been exploited. Uh, y'all, only a handful of you are getting You got to let that, let it simmer. Selah. I'm just going to pause for dramatic effect. You and I exploit life. Because we know our God. We know that he's for us, not against us. We understand that the whole purpose of redemption is the restoration of creation. Meaning I stand before God as if sin had never existed. I'm not inferior in any way. Some of you may have seen a a post. Is this okay? A a post I just put on Facebook was this. If you've been redeemed, then you're redeemed from inferiority. You're no longer inferior to life. You're no longer inferior to them. You're no longer inferior to the devil. You are superior because according to Psalm 8, you've been made just a little lower than Elohim. You've been repositioned into that original position that man occupied, meaning you're just a little lower than your... The, 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 oh, I tell you what, religious people, they just can't take it when you say these things, but they're absolutely true. When God created man, he created him just a shade lower than himself. So just so close that the angel said, what is this man that you're mindful of him? You've crowned him with glory and majesty. You've almost made him you. The angels couldn't understand. Why did you do this? You made a man of such authority and such glory. And then when we're recreated in Christ, we're put right back into that same place. So we're not inferior. Every weapon that I encounter, I got, remember Prego? It's in there. Everything I need to succeed in life. The glory of God has already put it inside of me. All I got to do is quit believing the lie and believe the truth that God is for me, God is in me, and God is with me, and that it's never too late. doesn't matter how old we are. doesn't matter how young we are. I thought I wasn't going to be long, but. Today is the day of salvation. This is the day of God's favor. And as long as today is called today, you have opportunity to be strong and exploit the enemy. David once asked himself a question. And that question is found in Psalm 43, verse 5. David said, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? You know, most people are discouraged No matter how it manifests or what it's focused on, the discouragement usually comes from one thing primarily. They're discouraged because they feel that life has passed them by. 
that opportunities are gone, that they missed the opportunities of yesterday. So they grow discouraged thinking that if they only could have, if they only would have. And David said, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart sad? He said, I will put my hope in God. Remember, I shared, with, I shared this with you a couple of weeks ago. Psalm 139, when we talked about future. Psalm 139, verse 5 said, Speaking of the Lord, you've gone into my future to prepare the way. And that's wonderful. But the second part of this verse is also, And in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. So you and I need to understand it doesn't matter how many opportunities have been missed. It doesn't matter how many sins have been committed. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter how, you know, wasted days and wasted nights. It does, none of that matters. God, it protects you from your past. And he's gone ahead of you into your future to say, you know what? The future is going to be greater than your past because I've gone ahead of you to prepare the way for you. No wonder Paul said, forgetting about those things that are behind me. I press on to that which is ahead of me. Mm. Listen to this out of Joel chapter 2. I didn't start my timer, so I don't know how long I got. Joel chapter 2, verse 25. The Lord is speaking. He said, then I will make up for you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. You know, this just blows my mind that in Shalom, not only can he restore money, not only can he restore physical health, not only can he restore mental capacity, he can restore years. No one else can make that kind of claim. Are you, Brother Copeland, Kenneth Copeland once asked the Lord because you know, he had spent 30 years, in his words, running from God. And so he asked the Lord one time, he said, where would I be if I hadn't run from you from 30 years? And the Lord said, right where you are. Because I've already made up for the years that were lost. See, this, this is where God's favor makes no sense, that when we commit our ways unto him and we say, God, you know what, I'm not going to make any more excuses. I'm going to make progress. And we understand that success is found in the elimination of every excuse for failure. I want to say that again because I want you to get it. Success is found in the process of elimination of every excuse for failure. When you quit blaming your mama, your papa, your ancestry, you quit blaming the whoever's in the White House, you quit blaming all the other people for where you are and just say it doesn't matter. None of those things matter. It doesn't matter where I begin. It doesn't matter what I have. If all I've got is a stone, I can still take out Goliath. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that God is for me. Yes, and I will put my hope in him. And that is the antidote to a discouraged heart. Life has not passed me by because this is the day that the Lord has made. So it's not too late because we have this wonderful gift called today. Today we can make a difference. Today we can give birth to a brand new dream. Today we can embark even if we're 94 years old. We can embark on a vision of saying, I'm going to travel the country. 
and win people to Jesus. I'm going to do something truly extraordinary. If I only got one year to laugh to live, I'm going to do something in one year that generations from now will look back and say, well, they must have been working on that for a hundred years. No, bro, I did it in one year. Then I will make up to you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the creeping locust, the stripping locust, and the gnawing locust. Hmm. Listen to this. How can our best years ever be behind us when the one who redeemed us has protected us from our past and prepared for us our future? How can it be too late when the one who can, I like this, how can it be too late when the one who controls time says, I'm going to use time to benefit you, increase you, and promote you? I like, God says, I'm going to use time. Time's my creation. And I'm going to use it to benefit my people. Go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 16. And I'll get you out of here before Monday. Ephesians 5, verse 16. We've all heard this verse. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. You know, and I can't tell you over the years how many times I've heard preachers preach this. And they only focus on the evil. The days are evil, evil. The days are evil. Well, there's no denying they're evil. But that doesn't mean we succumb to the evil. It doesn't mean we throw up our hands and say, well, I would have if he could have, but he won't, so I can't. And we just give up in the face of evil. But that's not what the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul even emphasized. The emphasis was not on the days of evil. That's a statement of fact. The days are evil and they're increasing in their evilness. A generation ago, they thought it was evil. They would, they would be rocked by the evil of today. Because what one generation considers evil, now hear me when I say this, what one generation considers evil, the next generation will consider the norm. The days are evil, but that's not the emphasis, and that certainly doesn't mean we quit. What the Holy Spirit of grace said through the Apostle Paul was, because the fact is the days are evil, redeem the time. One translation says this, listen to this. So be very careful, this is the Passion Translation. Be very careful how you live. Not being like those who have no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom, for we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. The emphasis is on the redemption, not the evil. So that means, listen, y'all following me. That means no matter what's going on around us, no matter how evil it is, we have the ability to redeem, buy back, bring back into kingdom alignment the moments of my day. No matter what's going on, we have opportunity by his grace and through his spirit to bring back into kingdom alignment the moments of my day. 
And it goes back to we're going to start our day with rejoicing. Why? Because this is the day He has made. They don't control it. They make evil decisions, but they didn't create the day. My Father created the day. So they can make whatever decisions they want to make. I'm going to redeem the time. I'm going to use it for kingdom purposes, and I'm going to take advantage of every opportunity. So that even in a time of famine, we sow our seed of righteousness and we receive a hundredfold in this life. Is this okay? Hallelujah, Father. As I bring this to a close, I want to look at the verses, the other verses of Ephesians 5. I'm going to start in verse 17. So then do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. If we break that down, here's what it means. Fools don't understand what the will of the Lord is. They can attend church. But they don't understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit. Now, verse 19, this is where speaking to one another. Remember, we talked about encouraging one another day to day. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Don't be foolish. Understand what the will of the Lord is. This is part of the will of the Lord as being expressed by the Spirit of grace. It's the will of the Lord for you to speak to one another in psalms. It's the will of the Lord for you to speak to one another in hymns and spiritual songs. It's the will of the Lord for you to sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord. That's the will of the Lord. Always, verse 20, giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God and even the Father and be subject to one another in the fear of the Lord. Now, I'm going to close with just elaborating a little bit on this. If we want to avoid foolishness, we must learn to avoid fools. If we want to avoid foolishness, we must learn to avoid fools who don't know what the will of the Lord is. If we want to make the most of our time, redeem the time, we must subject ourselves to the right people. Who are the right people? Verse 19, the right people are those who speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. They're singing and making melody in their heart to the Lord, and they're always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord. You see how the Bible explains itself? You need to be around people who praise and not people who complain. Because every parent understands peer pressure. I'm trying to bring this to a close. Every parent does, right? You, 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 little Johnny, such an angel. He's the perfect child. Well, of course, because he's your child. But one day he comes home and he's dropping F-bombs like nobody's business. What happened to my little angel? Who turned you into a devil? Well, you let him hang around with little Ralphie down the road. And little Ralphie cusses like a sailor. So your little Johnny comes home, 
peer pressure. And little Johnny has become like little Ralphie. And so as a wise parent, you know what you got to do. You got to separate sweet, angelic little Johnny from that demonic little Ralphie. Right? Every parent does it. When does peer pressure stop? It never does. So if you hang around with complainers, you're going to learn to complain. You hang around with unbelievers and your faith will just ebb away. You've got to be very careful who you hang with. Hang with those who understand what the will of the Lord is, who are pursuing kingdom purposes. Because because who you behold, you become. Who you hang out with, you learn to become like them. Because we all have a chameleon nature on the inside. Can I chase another rabbit real quick? God, God put within you a chameleon nature. And the reason was is because you were supposed to behold him and become like him. So he put within you the nature to become like what you behold. And that's a wonderful thing when you're beholding the right thing. Why does the Bible say set no evil thing before your eyes? Because if you do, you become like it. That's that nature that's been twisted. But in its right application, it means when I look at Jesus enough, suddenly I become like him. So if we want to succeed in life, we've got to be very careful. Don't be foolish. Who are you hanging out with? Are they talking faith? Are they imparting life? Are they wrapping their arms around you and telling you, let's do this together? Or are they chumming the water, throwing you out of the boat and saying, if it's the will of God, you'll survive. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 3, and I am bringing this to a close. We've already read it. Encourage one another. Encourage one another. Day after day, as long as it's still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Do you see that? So in the, in the application of this scripture, the antidote to hardness of heart is the encouragement of the saints. Are y'all quiet because you're meditating on it? If you tolerate discouragers, you will be discouraged. If you permit negativity, you will be negative. If you allow for defeat, you will be defeated. In closing, Ephesians 5, and your hearts will overflow, reading it to you out of the Passion Translation, and your hearts will overflow with a joyful song to the Lord Jehovah. Hang around with singers and you'll be tapping your toes. Keep speaking to each other with words of Scripture. If you hear Scripture, you'll speak Scripture. Singing the psalms with praises and spontaneous songs given by the Spirit out of your innermost being will flow rivers of life. Always give thanks to the Father for every person He brings into your life in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And out of your reverence for Christ, be supportive of each other in love. Together we can, because it's simply never too late. Go ahead.